Now, I wanted to show you that video because uh, of a couple things. One is that some of you haven't seen the finished house or hadn't had an opportunity to see the finished house. But uh, number two is that we were in all of, um, during COVID, we started this project about uh, four months, three months before COVID, I think it was, and then COVID hit. And uh, we went through a lot of a lot of difficulties getting this house fixed, but or built. But I want to tell you a couple a couple really neat things about the Habitat for Humanity house. Number one is that uh, it was fully funded by the churches. There was no uh, no budget given to us from Habitat for Humanity. The churches that participated in that did that. Uh, as you heard, it was fifty thousand dollars in supply costs. The churches paid for that. Out of that fifty thousand dollars, our little church right here, Passion Community Church, raised ten grand of that fifty thousand. That is an amazing number. And can I just tell you? Now, I will tell you that we had a nice uh, spaghetti dinner at, at dance at uh, uh, NeoMed, and we did a worship night, which was wonderful. We had just a wonderful time of raising that money. But for us, as this little church, that by the way, that didn't come out of our budget. That was strictly just everything we raised. And so that's an amazing thing. Now. I say all of this so you can see this house because we were, um, first of all, our Apostles Build is what it is called. Apostles Build is when the churches come together to build a house for Habitat. Our Apostles Build was the only house that got built uh, through COVID for Habitat for Humanity. There was one house that was being finished, but we were the only house uh, for Habitat for Humanity in Northeast Ohio that got built during that time. And, and then the second of all is that we have been, there's only been one other Apostle Build that was per- or that was built uh, in Ohio, and out of that, Habitat for Humanity had to pay about 80% uh, percent of the cost. And so this was the only apostle build in the state of Ohio where we actually uh, funded the whole entire build, which is a wonderful thing. Now, the family is doing wonderful. They love the house, as you guys can see. If you have a chance, the house is in Atwater. You can drive by it. Um, but we have some really good news, is that we've been asked to do another apostle build, this time, it is in, uh, it's off of Summit Street in uh, Ravenna. So we will actually be joining with other churches uh, to build an additional home right off of Summit Street. Uh, as if you pull off of Prospect Street, it's before you get to the old Koya's building. It'll be on your left-hand side. The family is a family of seven. <laughs> so this is not going to be a small house. Uh, the good thing about this is that we have Almost every church that uh, participated in the Apostle Build from last year coming forward. And then also we have uh, been able to uh, recruit a few other churches in the Ravenna area to come and participate with us as well. And so I will be in the near future getting you information about work days that we'll have. Um, if you can join us on a work day, we'd love to have you there. Next year we'll probably work on some fundraising things to do. Uh, but we would love to have any of your help to come out during these workdays. Uh, we will have our own workdays. The great thing about it is it is literally less than, uh, it's about a mile and a half from our new location uh, right down the street. So it's really close to us. It'll be a wonderful opportunity for us to do that. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, opportunity to help build another home. Now, it won't be just us as it wasn't the first time, but it's something wonderful that we can get involved with and do. And I'm just, uh, again, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all of you. I know uh, many of you put in a lot of sweat equity <laughs> uh, building that house and or uh, financed uh, and helped us raise and fundraise money for this house. And so that's wonderful news. And I appreciate that. And I uh, just want to tell you that we'll be, uh, we have the opportunity to do it again. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that and helping out. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 30. What we are doing today is we're finally coming to a close on this wonderful book study of the book of Proverbs. When we started this journey in the middle, uh, at the beginning of the summer, you know, I told you that the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon, and Solomon wrote this wisdom ideas to give to his sons so his sons could follow and understand what is the wise things to do on this earth. These are not commandments. These are not the part of the Ten Commandments or in addition to the Ten Commandments. Proverbs is literally a book of wise things that you should follow. If you follow these wise sayings of Solomon, you will lead to a good life. And that's what Solomon is trying to share 
with his sons. Now, last week we spoke about Proverbs 31, and I want to uh, just mention, I know a few of the ladies in passing and in joking said, great, there's a whole, sure, a, a man tells me in Proverbs 31 how to live, right? That's, that's exactly what it is. Now, before you uh, take, take uh, precedent, or precedent, that's the word I think, precedent, uh, with Solomon, you have to understand that Solomon didn't actually write Proverbs 31, the grandmother of King Lemuel did. If you read Proverbs, the beginning of Proverbs chapter 31, you find that this was actually written by the grandmother of uh, Solomon. And so we find that her wisdom came out on how to do that. Chapter 30, however, is also not written by Solomon. Solomon, in all of his wisdom, took 29 chapters to share with us what wisdom is all about. And then when we look at the book of Proverbs, we look at chapter 30, we look at chapter 31, and you begin to see that it is actually given credit to someone else who wrote this. And so you ask the question, why did Solomon end at chapter 29, and why did he include these two other chapters? Well, we find in chapter 31 that Solomon probably knew that ladies would take a, uh, take a, issue with uh, him telling them how to live their wives or lives and how to be virtuous wives, and so he calls on the wisdom of a grandmother to do that. But chapter 30 is written by, or the words I should say are, by a gentleman named Agor, the son of Jakah. We're going to get into this in a moment, but I just want to tell you that these words tell us what to do when your earthly wisdom comes to a close. See, in fact, what Agur, or Agur, Agur, or Agur, either way you want to pronounce it is correct, but when he begins to say these things, what we find is that earthly wisdom will only take us so far. Have you ever been in a situation where you've just come to your, you're, you're at your wits end, you're like, I can't go any further, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to go forward, I, I can't think of anything, I don't know where to go, you're frustrated, you're, you're fed up with all of these things because you have come to this point and, well, it's not successful. This is exactly what Agur is telling us. He's saying when we come to this end of time, when we come to this point where we've tried to do everything under our own power, when we've tried to do all of these things, that we have to understand that at some point our earthly wisdom is going to fail us. This past, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a friend, and as I was telling him all the things that we are trying to do at church and all of these wonderful plans that we have and all of these things that we want to do, he stopped me and he said, Jason, I have to ask you a question. I said, sure, what's that? And he said, where is God in all of these plans? And I went, wait a minute, you know that I'm a Christian, you know that I follow God, you know that I pray, you know that I do all of these things. And he's like, yes, I do know, but he says, all of these plans that you shared with me, all of these things that, we want, that you want to do, at some point you have to get to a place and say, where is God in your plans? Where is God's heavenly wisdom versus our earthly wisdom? Because as sometimes what happens, and what I realized what was happening for me, even as aggravated as I was at that question, I began to realize that in my earthly wisdom, I have the ability to do many things. God has blessed me with... Don't make fun of me, Jay. God has blessed me with some wisdom, even though I'm not a smart man, Jenny. But I, God has blessed me with some wisdom, but not all of the wisdom that I need. And so what we find is that at some point, my earthly wisdom, your earthly wisdom in situations that you're facing is going to fail. You're only going to be able to go so far before you have to stop and you have to say, I don't know how to go any further. It is at that point that maybe we begin to realize that our earthly wisdom is sometimes, will sometimes fail us. See, we need to make room for God's heavenly wisdom in our earthly plans. 
This is the whole book of chapter, or the, uh, the whole chapter 30, and what Agor is telling us is that he's coming to a place and he's saying, listen, your wisdom will only take you so far. You can only do so much. It doesn't matter how many years of schooling you are. It doesn't, uh, you are, it, or you have, I should say. It doesn't matter how bright of a student you were. None of that matters because at some point your, your uh, earthly wisdom is going to fail you. Why? Because we live in a spiritual world where there is attacks against us. Where there's things coming against us. Where there's all of these things where it's not, Scripture tells us that we're not fighting a battle with flesh and blood. We're fighting a battle with spiritual It's a spiritual battle that we're facing. And so if we're facing this spiritual battle, would we not want the head of the spiritual wisdom, God himself, to give us this wisdom to be successful? Does that mean that we just stop and we don't try? Of course not. It doesn't mean that you just let your wisdom that God has blessed you with to be useless and you sit there and you don't do anything. But sometimes we have to stop and we have to ask for the wisdom that God gives to us to move forward. We have to stop and say, Lord, where do you want me to go in this? Where are you in my plans? Am I plans on my own? Am I following my own plans or am I following your plans? See, one of the biggest mistakes we make as Christians is that we have in our mind exactly the way the plan should go and we ask God to bless our plans. We don't seek to find his plans for a situation. We don't ask him first, Lord, what is your plans for my life? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to handle these situations? Which direction do you want me to go? When we would stop and ask that question, that is the best question we could ever ask. Instead, what we do too often is that we try to come up with a plan and then we go, Lord, where are you? I have this wonderful plan. I have this wonderful idea where I want to go. Where are you? How come you're not blessing me? How come you're not moving me in this way? Where are you in moving me forward in this way? Earthly wisdom will only get you so far, but heavenly wisdom will take you as far as God will allow us to go. And that's underneath him at his feet. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about what it means to give ourselves over to this heavenly wisdom, what it means to include God in our heavenly plans and our earthly plans and what we need to do to do that. Agor gives us these wonderful situations and he begins to speak to us about how to do this. And so let's pause and pray and ask the Lord to be with us and then we'll jump right in. Lord, we ask you today that you would guide us and direct us as you always have. Lord, you have over almost 18 years now, directed us and guided us as a church. Lord, you have shown us things that we may have never been able to imagine. Lord, I'm willing to stand here and tell these people and tell you, Lord, that it hasn't always gone the way that I wanted it to go. And sometimes that has been so frustrating and so aggravating, yet I understand, Lord, that if we stand here and are truthful with ourselves, we are where you want us to be today. And so, Lord, we thank you for this direction. We ask you today that you continue to guide us and direct us. Help us to understand how our earthly wisdom needs to fail and how our heavenly wisdom needs to succeed, Father. Help us, Lord, in our plans not to forget you and not to ask you to bless our plans, but instead for us to be part of your plans, Father. Help us to move forward in your ways today, Lord. Father, I pray that you give us wisdom and understanding to understand these verses that are spoken to us through Proverbs 30. May my words not be my own, but may they truly be your words, Father. May you remove any hindrances that we have in our hearts and in our minds and in our ears that stop us from hearing the truth from you today. Guide us and direct us in all that we do, and we'll be sure to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, and we'll be all sure to say, Amen. Chapter 30, verse 1. In the words of Agor, son of Jakah, The oracle, the man declares, I am weary, O God, I am weary, O God, and worn out. Just by a show of hands, how many people can relate to this, right? And if you didn't raise your hand, you are an absolute liar. Maybe you're not there today. (laughs) 
Maybe you're not there today, but we've all been to this place where we just said and say, Lord, I am weary. I am worn out. I, Lord, I just can't do it anymore. I can't put up with... <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. Chaz isn't here, so I was going to use you, Jay, but I won't. I just can't put up with people anymore. There, Jay, I'll use the general people, right? I just can't do it anymore. I mean, how many of us have been to that place? Maybe it's on your job. Maybe it's, listen, I, I know you get to work sometimes and you have to deal with these people and you're just like, yeah, pre- Christy's back there. Preach it, Pastor. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that we get to the place where we're just weary and we're worn out. I can't do it anymore. I'm burnt out. I don't want to take another step forward. I don't want to wake up in the morning. I just, listen, just let the rain fall and let my windows be open and let a cool breeze come through the door and let me just sleep in bed all day long, right? Oh, yeah. Agora is telling us that the man declares, I am weary, O God, I am weary, O God, and worn out. He goes on to say, surely I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. Agora is... I mean, just, I, I, I love this. He's so open in his writings, and he's so open to us. And he says, surely I am just too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. And he goes on to say, I have not learned wisdom, nor I the knowledge of the Holy One. One of the things that we learn very quickly about Agor is that, first of all, that he seems to be a man who has dealt with weariness. He has, seems to be a man who has been burned out, if you will. He has seemed to be someone who has tried and tried and tried and maybe came against a situation and the situation constantly fails. It's like taking your head and pounding it up against a brick wall. Have you ever felt that way before? I certainly have. I can tell you. You just continue to try and you continue to try and you continue to try and nothing changes. It always stays the same. Agora is coming before us and he's saying, listen, I'm burnt out, I'm tired. But then he's also honest with us. He goes, listen, I've got to be honest. I'm, I, I'm adding those words. I've got to be honest with you. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. See, the very first thing we learn from Agora is that when we come to our earthly wisdom, the very best thing that we can do is become humble. Humbleness causes us to quickly get to the end of our wisdom. If you're not humble, what happens is that I can do it. I don't need your help. I'll do it. It's been plenty enough times where I've just said, I'm going to go and do it. I'm going to do everything. Get out of my way. I can do it. If you're not going to do it, get out of my way. I'll just do it myself. Now, as a pastor and as someone who is a leader, and, and so, if you're a leader in your job or a leader in your school or a leader in the church, it doesn't matter. You can't just say, get out of my way and I'll do it myself. No, that's not right. You've got to teach, right? We've got to delegate, if you will, and help people do those things. But I will be honest with you that at, at the end of this earthly wisdom comes humbleness. See, if you can get to a place and say, listen, I'm going to humble myself and say, I just can't do it myself. I just can't. I can't move forward any longer. I don't understand. I don't have the wisdom to do these things. I don't have the understanding to do what I need to do. Agora is being honest and he's saying, basically, I'm dumb, God. (laughs) I don't have the smarts to do it. Right? Can't go any further. I have to use that, that accent when you're saying it in that way, right? I remember many years in my business career where I would, I learned this, it's funny because in my business career I learned this very quickly, that I wasn't smart enough to handle everything that I needed to do. And so I would literally go into a conference room, and I've said this before, but I'll repeat it again because I think it's one of the most important things I ever did in my business career. There's times when I just didn't know how to go any further. I didn't know how to do these things that was being asked for me to do. And so the very first thing I would do is go into a conference room, lock the door, shut the door, shut off the light, and get to my knees. Lord, I am too stupid to do what you're asking me to do. I don't know how to go further. I don't know how to take another step forward. I don't know how to do these things. And God would always meet me there, whether it was through an idea or whether it was through someone giving me help or one of, any one of those things, or sometimes multiple things. God would always meet me in the middle there. See, the truth of the matter is is that if we could humble ourselves, 
we can find the end of our earthly wisdom. And that's the best thing to do. The best thing to do is to stop, and it's not that we don't take for granted the, and we don't use the intelligence that God gave to us, because God has given you intelligence for a reason. One of the worst things that you could ever do is say, I'm just not going to move forward. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm not going to learn anything. No, we're called to learn. We're called to have that wisdom. We're called to move forward. But it's also humbleness that causes us to be where he wants us to be. See, if we're not humble, what happens is that we try to do it our own way. We try to do it the way that we think we can do. We try to do it with our own muscles. We try to do it with our own wisdom. We try to do all of these things on our own. And what happens is that we just prolong the failure. Has anyone ever been there before? Yeah, I have been. You know, over time, you think you can do it yourself. I can just do it. I'll do whatever I need to do. I can, I can put my mind to it. I can be successful, get out of my way. I'll do it. I'll do all of those things. Instead of pausing and saying, listen, maybe I can't do this myself. See, leading a church has caused me to learn so many things. In the business world, you can get away with your own strength if you're a really smart person. You can go a long way on your own ability. You really can. But leading a church, you can't. You can't go a long way because it's not your strength. It's God controlling the church. He's leading and guiding us and directing us. If I would have told you that in my wisdom, I would have thought that we could go into a building that we're going into next week, I would have never thought of that. In fact, I, for, for weeks, I, truth be told, two years ago, we drove by this building when it was for sale. I stopped and I asked and I looked at the building. I walked in with the realtor. We walked the building. It was a wonderful building. I said, we would love to have this building. How much do you want for it? Well, they're offering it for $700,000. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I said, that's not in our range. <laughs> and she said, well, I have to take every offer to the to the people who own it. And so I gave her what we could afford, which was 20 bucks. And, um, <laughs> and she came back to me. She said, they declined. I said, well, of course. You know, I knew that they would. And, and so we went on. And, and quite honestly, a few, years, or a few months later, we saw that this teammate's LLC had purchased the building. And we thought to my, I thought to myself, well, that looks like a union. That, you know, it sounds to me like a union shop. Teammates LLC, right? That sounds like union. And not that I have anything against union shops or anything like that. I just w- couldn't figure out why they wanted an old church and why they purchased it, right? There's plenty of office buildings or something like that they, they could have. Over the course of time, what I figured out and what I found out was that in my wisdom, I had automatically assumed that this building was out of our, out of our future, But in God's wisdom, what God did was he brought it into an opportunity for us because Corey and uh, Lena passing by one day decided to snoop on Facebook, if I could be honest, and found out that Teammates LLC was actually a day program for people with disabilities, and God did the rest. Now, if I would sit here and tell you that this was, in my wisdom, the way it would happen, not even close. My wisdom, I wanted to buy a building. In my wisdom, I wanted to have, and we still might someday. But right now, God has placed us exactly where he wants us to be. See, too often what we do is we get disappointed in our actions, in our surroundings, and where we're at today, because it's our wisdom that we thought we need to be in a different place than what we are today. Sometimes we have to stop and say, okay, Lord, I'm not where I want to be. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. To ask that question, Lord, am I where I want to be? Listen, every three months, I take, uh, I take a full day, and I just sit in my office, and I eat M&Ms, because they haven't gone out of business yet, Jay. Um, no, I'm kidding. I sit in my office, and I really plan out, and I think, okay, for the last three months, what has happened? What has happened for me personally? What has happened for us as a church? Am I where I want to be? And oftentimes, that question is, no, I'm not. And so I have to be honest with myself and say, Lord, I'm not where I want to be, but am I where you want me to be? Now, that's not an excuse for the lack of ability or a lack of my energy or effort to try to achieve something. What that really is, is aligning my direction, my understanding with God's understanding. And that's what I try to do. I try to understand where God wants us to be. I look at this and say, okay, God, where are you blessing us? Where are you blessing? Can I go there? 
Instead of me asking you to bless my plans, let me go under your plans and be where you are. Because earthly wisdom will always fail. Let's go on. Verse 4 says, Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is surely, what is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. Now this isn't surely my mother-in-law knows, but this is surely you know. Right? Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Now, this is interesting. You can pause there for a moment. Proverbs was written, written hundreds, almost thousands of years before Jesus ever walked this earth. And yet Agor, in all of his wisdom, tells us who has established the ends of the earth and what is his name and what is his son's name. Now, if that doesn't give you chills, I don't know what will. For me, it does, because here is a man a thousand, almost a thousand years before Jesus ever came to this earth is attesting that his son's name is going to be something that we will all exalt, that we will all bow to. Agora is saying all of these things. But what he's also saying is that sometimes we need to be reminded of exactly who God is in our lives. And sometimes that reminder comes at the failure of our plans. Sometimes that reminder comes when God just says, Listen, I know you had this in mind, but I have something better for you. And I'm just going to slowly move you over here. And what you might look at failure, and what you might look at, oh, this is a tutter, uh, a tutter, a tutterly, well, that's, that's a new word, right? An utterly total failure, God looks at and says, this is just a direction, a change of scope for you. What I'm doing is I'm changing your scope to help you look and see me. See, the last thing that we should ever realize or ever fret about is that God's will for us is always better than our own. His direction and his plans. Scripture tells us that his plans are not our plans. His timing is not our timing. Yeah, we all have heard that verse before. We all go, great. God's timing is not mine and God's will is not mine. Yeah, that's great, Lord, but I want it to be, right? I want the answers right now. I want the direction right now. I want to be exactly where you want me to be. But sometimes we just have to remind ourselves who God is. Sometimes we have to pause and say that God is bigger than us. God is bigger than the boogeyman, right? (laughs) Isn't that what we used to tell our kids? Or is that what I tell myself? Wait a minute, I, I can't, I get those two confused. That's okay. Either way, they work. Oftentimes we are burnt out and we're at our wit's end because we have continued to try to do things under our own power and we need to pause and say, God, you are bigger than me. You're bigger than my plans. Your plans are much more grandiose than what I could ever imagine. Sometimes what you want to do in my life is more than what I could ever understand. Agora is trying to get us to get to a place where we are reminding ourselves who exactly God is. And so let's jump back just for a moment and see. He says, who has ascended into heaven? Have you ascended into heaven? (laughs) Absolutely not. None of you have. Either have I. We've had heaven on earth. Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Have you ever gathered the wind in your fist? Absolutely you have not. There's only one who can gather the wind in his fist, and that is God himself. Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Have you ever wrapped up the waters in a garment? No, you have not. God has. Have you ever separated the waters of a great sea just by taking a rod and placing it on the water? No, you have not. God has, though. Have you ever parted a flowing river and made the river stop so that a group of people could cross over? No, you have not, but God has. Have you ever fed hundreds, if not thousands of people by bread falling from the heavens? No, you have not, but God has. You might have fed a lot of people. I'm not saying that. Some of you all have some pretty big families, and I've seen your uh, dinners that you have, right? You fed a lot of people, but you haven't fed anyone like God fed. 
Have you done all of these things? See, Agora is trying to get us to understand that all of these things are what God does. God is greater than anything that we have ever faced. And sometimes we just have to be reminded of that. Sometimes we have to pause and say, okay, I'm not where I want to be, God. My plans have not turned out the way I want them to be. I haven't gone and done the exact same things that I wanted to do, that I had a vision in my mind. And we have to stop and say, that's okay, because God, you're still in control. You still have a direction for my life. You still have a way that I should go. What you are facing today, whatever you are going through, can you stop just for a moment and say, thank you, God. I'm still breathing in and out of my mouth today. I'm still standing up here. Yeah, it may not be exactly what I want. Yeah, it may not be what I had planned. Yeah, it may not be what I thought would be good for me, but guess what? It's where I need to be because I'm here with you. See, ultimately, we all, I, I find it totally interesting. I find it, not to, to, totally, I find it totally interesting. I find, sound like a uh, valley girl, yeah. Like totally, man. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so what I find really interesting, though, is that oftentimes when we get to this place, we miss out on God's plans because we have so much focus on our own plans. We miss out on what God wants us to do because we're so focused on what we think is right. We're so focused on all these things that he wants to do or that we think that we should do, that I want to do, that we miss out on what God is doing for us. And then we stop, then we stop and say, okay, God, obviously, where's God? Because he didn't bless me, right? How many times have we said that? God didn't bless me. I had all these plans. I wanted to do wonderful things. You know, I wanted to be a millionaire so I could feed all the poor people and God hasn't blessed me in that way. What's wrong with him? truth of the matter is that God is blessing us in the exact way that we need to be blessed. And if we believe that God is in control, if we believe that God is ultimately controlling everything and that he has the best in store for us, then we have to say right now, right here where we're at, is an ordained moment. Now, does that mean that moving forward, everything's going to go great? No. Because unfortunately, there's still free choice in the matter. We get to choose to do either right or wrong. But ultimately, God even knows when we make a bad choice and he's going to bring us back to the situation that we need to be at so that we can make the right choice to move forward. And that right choice is always the end of our earthly wisdom and the beginning of his heavenly wisdom. So whatever you're facing today, can you stop? Can you just say, God, you're so grand, you're so amazing, you're so awesome. You are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and I thank you for everything that you have done. I want to just worship you. I want to praise you for who you are, because even though I'm not where I want to be, I'm underneath you, and that's exactly where I need to be. As long as you're following God, you're in the right place. As long as you're doing what God has called you to do, and you're making every attempt you can to live with him, then you're in the right place where you need to be. And sometimes we have to be reminded just how great his plan is. We need to shift our attention and shift our thinking. And instead of being upset and mad because it hasn't turned out the way that we want it to be, begin to ask God, how should I make sure I'm underneath your plans for the future? And move forward. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. simple question that I want to ask you today is that do you believe do you believe that every word of God is true can I ask you to be really honest with yourself for a moment and ask yourself is everything I read in scripture do I believe it do I believe it to be true do I believe what Corey showed up here on first Peter uh, chapter 2 that I'm a royal, that I'm royal, that I'm chosen by God, that God actually chose me to be who I am? Do you really believe that? Because if you really believe that and you believe that to be true, then you would stop worrying about having, and listen, I'm speaking to myself here. Really, I'm preaching to myself as much as to anyone else. Because you've got to ask yourself this question. If you're upset that you're not exactly where you want to be, there's two ways to fix that. One is to make sure you're at the feet of God the feet of Jesus moving forward and that you're okay with not being where you want to be. But we have to believe that every word of God is true. Agor tells us that 
Every word that he speaks is true. That means when he tells us that we're royal and we're chosen, that's true. When it means that he loves us and that he's willing to sacrifice everything for us, that means it's true. When he says that everything that he does for us is for the good, for our good, that means it's true. When he brings us into a relationship with someone and it's God, that is true. When he tells us to live out and do the commandments and we shall have everlasting eternal life, that is true. All of those things. God is not a God of lies. He's not a God of failure. God is truthful in all that he says and all that he does. He cannot be anything other than true. So I'm asking you today, do you really believe what God says about you? Do you really believe that you're a child of God? Do you really believe that God has what's best in store for you? Do you really believe when you read scripture that this applies for me today, not for someone thousands of years ago, but for me this very day, that every word that's in this Bible is absolute 100% true, that God really did part the waters, that, that, um, <sighs> that all of these things are true. Everything that you read in this scripture is true. God wants you to know, to know that. That's where, his earthly, that's where our earthly wisdom fails and our heavenly wisdom begins. Because what we have to do is we have to get to this place and say, my earthly wisdom, people on this earth are going to fail you. I will fail you because I'm a human being. I hope to not to. I'm going to try my best not to fail you as your pastor. But at some point, I may fail you because I am human. At some point... Ask Corey or Lane. I may not return their texts as quickly as I should because I'm human. But God is true. Everything he has is true. And when we come to the end of ourselves and we say that our earthly wisdom can only take us so far and we really believe what God says, then we can get to a place where we can begin to praise God through our issues. See, the rest of chapter 30, I'm not even going to get into it, but the rest of chapter 30 is all about Agor giving us this give and take. What it's all about to be living in heavenly wisdom. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. But what it's asking, what I'm asking you today, it's time for us to praise God through our issues. It's time to remind ourselves of the words he tells us about us. It's time for us to give him praise. It's time for us to remind ourselves that he is God and that we are not, that our plans will fail. Our earthly plans are only going to take us so far. And that we need to start giving to him and his plans. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. As we begin to prepare ourselves for this last worship song, what I want to ask you this very simple question is, are you ready to praise God for who he is? Can you stand in the midst of where you're at today and praise God? Can you stand in the midst of everything that you have and praise God? Can you stand in the midst of where you're at and say, Lord, I thank you for everything that you've given to me. I thank you for my relationships. I thank you for the, uh, the, the pain and the suffering that I may be going through because obviously you want me here in this place. I don't fully understand it, but I thank you for that. See, it's time for us as people, as church, as Christians who follow God to stand up and remind ourselves exactly who God is. You know, there's this really cheesy saying that, Stop telling your problems, or stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big God is, right? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard that hundreds of times before. And it's really cheesy, but you know what? It's true. Every word of that is true. We gotta stop sitting there complaining and moaning and saying how bad things are and start saying, God, you are great, and I'm gonna praise you through all of it. I don't care. Listen, one thing that I have learned about being a as, what do you call us, a nomad church, Corey? I think it was, was it nomad? Church. Nomad church, yeah. Corey called, uh, in a discussion Corey and I had the other day, he called us a nomad church, meaning that we just kind of drifted from place to place, right? We drift from the school to, to, to camp, and then we drift back to the school, and then we drift back to camp, and now we're drifting over to Summit Street. As your pastor, I can tell you, this isn't exactly what I had in my mind. 
can ask Jay, 17 years ago, I, well, I don't know how many years ago, it's maybe a little, little less than 17 years ago, but I remember the very call when Jay and Doreen called me. They called me on the phone, and I'm so excited because I'm thinking, yeah, this is it. We're getting all these people calling us. We're here at, we're here at Neomed. We're going to do all of these things. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Chris, do you remember those days? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to change the world. We're going to turn it upside down. I was so excited as a pastor. And here we are 17 years later. My worship leader is telling me that we're a nomad church. Thanks, Corey. No, I'm kidding. I know. You did. You did. You're right. I don't, I don't need to put him on the... Yeah. He, he meant it in a very good way. But when I say all of this, what I'm telling you all of this is because just because plans didn't turn out the way we want them to be doesn't mean that we're not exactly where God wants us to be. Can I tell you right here, right now, this is a God-ordained moment. Where you are at in your life today is a God-ordained moment. Dropping the mic is a God-ordained moment, I guess, huh? The truth of the matter, though, is that wherever you're at is a moment in God where he wants to say, listen, you have a choice. You don't have to stay here and try to continue to do things under your own power. You can pause and say, God, I need your help. I need you to direct me. I need to walk down the path of where you want me to be. I need to understand where you're taking me. I don't like where I'm at. Listen, just because I'm saying this is a God-ordained moment doesn't mean that you have to like it. You don't have to like the exact situation you're in. But if you don't like it, then there's only two ways to change. You can either try to change yourself, or you can change your situation and look for God. I would rather get to a place where I'm saying, God, come and change me. I don't want my plans to fail. My, plan, my, my plans have failed over and over and over again. I need your plans because you're the only God where your plans don't fail. So I want to, in this place right now, right here, what I want you to do is I just want you to praise God for where you're at right now. Can you stand here with me as we sing this worship song and say, God, thank you for where I'm at. Thank you that you brought me to this place. Thank you that I'm at my earthly wisdom end because now I can see clearly. I can see a dawning of a new day where I can look towards your plans. I can go forward in those things. But I just want to stand here and I want to praise you because, God, you deserve to be praised. You deserve to have more than what I ever had because my plans don't count for anything, but your plans are eternal and they're forever. And so today, in this very moment, I want to thank you, Lord, for who you are. I want to thank you for where you brought me in my life. I want to thank you for where you brought the church. I want to thank you for where you brought all of us in this room to this very place where we can stand before you. Lord, it may not be where we want to go. We may be like a gore standing before you saying, I am weary, I am tired, I am burnt out. But I can thank you anyway, even through that burnout, even through that tiredness, even through all of those things. I can stand here and I can praise you because you deserve to be praised. You're great, you're mighty, you're wonderful. And even though my plans seem to have failed, Father, your plans have not. And your plans will guide me. And so today, Lord, I just want to say thank you for who you are. Thank you for being the God that you are. The God that directs me, even when I seem to have lost my direction. Lord, I lay my plans down at your feet. I say, Lord, here they are. They are yours. They're not my plans. I don't want to go further. I don't want to plan out this life. I want you to direct me because I want to be successful in all that I do. And that success starts with worshiping you. Guide us today, Father. Help us in this very moment to learn that we are at an ordained moment of time. You have brought us to this place where we can lay aside our own ways. We can look towards the heavens and say, let me be where you are blessing, Father. Not asking you today to bless me or bless my plans or bless anything that I have around me. What I want, Father, is the direction to be where you are at. To be where you are blessing. I want to walk underneath the covering, your shadow that comes. I want to touch your garments and have healing come down 
to this place. I want your Holy Spirit to flow and rest upon us so that we can guide and direct and change the world around us. I believe, Father, today that if we make this decision to follow you, that you will help us. And so, Lord, today, whether we're here in this building or we're watching online at home, there might be some here that have never given their life to you. Or maybe they have given their life to you, but they just need to do it again. Maybe for too long you've lived your life or they have been living their life in their own ways. And they stand before you now. We stand before you now. Saying, Father, I don't want my ways. I want your ways. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. That his ways are greater than mine. That his timing is better than my timing. And so we stand before you. We lay this down to you. We sacrifice these things before you. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. To come into our hearts. And move us forward in your ways. Let us follow you at all times because you are the God who holds the wind in your fists. You are the God who parts the waters. You are the God that just speaks words and creation is made. That's where I want to get my wisdom from. That is where I want to get my direction from. So lead us and guide us this day and every day. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to do it on our own. And help us to do it only in your way. We glorify you, we honor you, and we praise you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. I won't bow down to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if that puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be for my feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, I'll be crucified with you. I won't bow down to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if that puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be for my feelings. I hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, you can hang me there with you. Because death is just a doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory, song and really mean it? Can you sing those words and really agree to what you just sang? If following you puts me in the fire, will you still rejoice because he's there with you? Will you hang on the cross with him if that's where God asks you to go? 
See, too often we try to be people who say we have a faith, but when things start getting bad, our faith runs. We would rather have a faith that is blessed than have a faith that means we may have to suffer. No one likes to suffer. But the idea here is that not that we're going to have to suffer. The idea is that we would be willing to if we had to. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we can stand before you and we can praise you in the midst of all that we have. Maybe we are exactly where we want to be. Maybe our life has been successful. Maybe everything has been wonderful and we're riding this wave. Lord, you are there and we rejoice you because everything is such an awesome blessing from you. Maybe you're here today and nothing has gone right. Everything seems to be going the wrong direction. We still stand here, Father, and rejoice with you because you deserve that and so much more. Maybe we're somewhere in between. We have some good things and we have some bad things. Lord, we still stand here and rejoice because you are worthy of all those things. You're worthy of all that we have inside of us. Lead us and guide us, Lord, to the end of our earthly wisdom so that we can have heavenly wisdom come over us. Help us to humble ourselves enough to say, I can't do it on my own. I need you into my life. And help us to say, I'm okay, Father, even if that causes me to stumble or have to walk through the fire with you. Help us in this place, Lord, to do what you've called us to do, to be the people that you've called us to be. Lord, we ask you to bless us. Not so everything goes right, but bless us so that we can follow you, so that we can be under your watch, your shadow, your eyes, your feet at the cross. Guided and directed by your Holy Spirit to do what you have called us to do that we can rejoice with you. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for just how wonderful you are. We thank you for the book of Proverbs and what you have asked us and took us through this summer. Father, we ask you that you just continue to give us wisdom as we grow in our walk with you. Send us forth this day to be a blessing to others most importantly to serve you we love you we glorify you we honor you and we praise you now in jesus most precious and holy name amen and amen before you leave just two quick things number one is that if you can stick around and help we'd love to have your help we're going to be moving everything over to the new building today number two is that i'm really excited next week we're going to start a new series of sermons uh called what is the church and so we're really looking forward to that would love to see you guys all here next week just remember not here Remember, we'll be at the new building, 3336 Summit Street. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you again next week.